0: I'm going to wrap up uh, our sermon series on tonight, um, Frequency. Uh, I was going to give an intro for our new sermon series, Messy, but the Lord dropped a couple of things in my heart on today, and I'd like to share those with you, if that's okay. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. So as we get ready to go to the Word of God on today, grab your Bibles, go into the... The Gospels, Luke chapter number 24, verse number 49, as well as Old Testament reading, Isaiah chapter number 44 and verse number 1 through 5. And you know how we do when we do it. Would you stand to your feet if you would for the reading of God's word? we we'll begin in Isaiah chapter number 44 and verse number one. Then we'll go to the gospel of Luke chapter number 24. Do you have it? Say amen. If you're still looking, say hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. Hallelujah. It'll be for you on the screen while you're still looking. It says, but now listen, Jacob, my servant Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Somebody shout, he's my helper. helper. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant Jeshuron, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit. Hey, God. I can run on just on that one by itself. He's going to pour water on thirsty land. Tell your neighbor I'm thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The streams on dry ground, I will pour out my spirit on your offsprings. And my blessing on your descendants. Filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just speaking in tongues, but it's revealing what's to come. Two people grabbed hold of that this evening. Being filled with the Spirit is just not speaking in tongues, but it's a revealing of what's to come. The power of the Holy Ghost is not just so that he can alter your language, but also to reveal what God has intended for the earth realm. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it pulls back the veil of heaven, and it shows you things to come. Hallelujah. Dance over to Luke chapter number 24. Verse number 49. I'm going to sing you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he had led them out to the Vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Somebody shout, "I'm blessed!" While he was blessing them, he left them. Oh God, he he's going to leave you with a blessing. Yeah. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up unto heaven. Then they worshipped him. See, that's the part we miss in church. We take the blessing, but we forget to worship. We grab the blessing and hold on to the blessing, but we forget to come back and worship God. There are so many people who run into the house of God, receive the blessings of God, and they forget all about God. They get the new house and now they can worship God in their house. They got the new car, and they won't drive the new car to the house of God. They got, a, they got a bonus on their job, but they won't come and sacrifice and offer up to God. They come and get the blessing, but they forget the blesser. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, watch this, with great joy. And they stayed continually in the temple, praising God. Let us pray, Father, we thank you. For indeed, you are a promise keeper, and we thank you for the promises you have made us. And Father, every promise you have made have not failed, and we bless you now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Would you slap high five with your neighbor onto your seat or yell at them? Tell them God is a promise keeper. Promise keeper. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God is a promise keeper. We know God is a promise keeper according to Joshua chapter number 23. We read it on Sunday, but in verse number 14, the latter part, B part says, every promise have been fulfilled, not one has failed. God is a promise keeper. Can you say a better amen than that? He's a promise keeper. He has made us some promises, and some of those promises, we're still waiting for manifestation of those promises. Some of the things God has spoken, we're still tearing, waiting for the full manifestation of what God has said. And just because there's a waiting process, that we're waiting on God, it may be delayed, can I say it that way, but not denied. And just because there's a waiting process for the promises of God doesn't mean that God has forgotten about us. So just for a few moments, I would like to talk about I don't mind waiting because it's worth it. Tell your neighbor, I don't mind waiting. Tell your other neighbor, it's worth it. Oh, yeah, some things are worth waiting for. Single people, it's worth waiting for. Don't rush and just settle for anything. It's worth waiting for. Uh, Don't come across the first one that come across your path. It's worth waiting for. Uh, There's a blessing in the waiting. It's worth waiting. It's worth waiting. I know over the years I've been serving God, it's worth waiting on God. I've made many mistakes washing ahead of God, trying to obtain the things that God spoke to me. But even though He spoke to me, I tried to get them before. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. I'm not the only one, am I, that ran on to the end and tried to see what the end holds. Try to get ahead of God. Just because God said it don't mean that you got to rush and go get it. Hallelujah. Take it, neighbor I don't mind waiting. I, I was reading this morning. And the Lord gave me an impression out of second Kings chapter number two. In verse number one. In second Kings, there's an account of a great prophet named Elijah. And in verse number one, it says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven, watch, in a whirlwind. Now, what does the whirlwind have to do with the frequency in the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is sometimes signified or symbolized in text as a wind. Now, here it is. The prophet Elijah is sent by God to anoint and appoint his replacement. (laughs) Y'all, y'all remember Elijah is in the cave hiding out from Jezebel. And the Lord tells him, Boy, get up from there. What you crying for? Dust yourself off. I have 7,000 that have not yet bowed or bend the knee to bail. Get up from there. Stop your mully grubbing, your belly aching, and get back to work. And he says, In the process, I need you to go down. And I need you to anoint. I need you to find another one. Go anoint Elisha. He's now positioned and assigned by God. To find the next prophet. Oh, God, there's a a blessing in the waiting. Because here it is. Elisha is out serving his father. He's out there plowing, the Bible says, with 12 yokes of oxen. Out there plowing the ground when Elisha comes along and casts the mantle at his feet. And once the mantle is cast, Elisha picks up the mantle, runs back to his house, burns the plow, signifying that he's not going back. Oh, God. Y'all going to catch this in a second. He he sacrifices the oxen. He burns the plow. In other words, I'm not going back to my old life. It was good while it lasted. I had a good time, but I ain't going back there no more. I'm I'm, going to pursue after God. I'm going to rush after God, and I'm not going to let my old life pull me back into it again. Somebody shout amen. So he burns the plow, and he follows Elijah. And Elisha says to Elisha at this point, he says, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. Now, here it is, is at the end of Elisha's life. And he's taking this last tour with his mentee. And as they're going from place to place, he says, the Lord sends me to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. Now, now here, here it is. Bethel, Bethel uh, has a very rich historic spiritual value. It, Bethel is the house of God. It's where Jacob made sacrifices, where he worshiped God. It's the place where he lifted up uh, worship and praise unto God. But, but something happens at Bethel. Something begins to dwindle, kind of like today's society. Uh, Bethel became very spiritually deprived. Kind of like our world system now. It used to be a house of God. It's kind of like the church of God now. It used to be where we offered up and we reverenced God. We offered up sacrifices and praises. And now, watch this, we have mixed more world in the church than the church in the world. See, you cannot mix the world with the church and expect the world to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, watch. God wants us to mix the church in the world so that the world will change, but not allow the world to change the church. Hallelujah. And Bethel has become this place of depravity where there's no spiritual worship going on. It's a barren place. It used to be the house of God, but now it's vacant. It's destitute. No presence. Jehoram began to build a golden image in the house of God and they brought in idol worshipping now in the house of God oh my god did you hear what i said they were idol worshipping in the house of God and the idol of their affection was not jehovah some other god so bethel has become a place of ruin place of des- a destitute place place hungry and thirsty for the presence of God. And watch, Elisha is sent back to Bethel. And he says, but Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Somebody, you it's time to go back to Bethel. The company of prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha, And asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied. So be quiet. (laughs) And then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. And the Lord has sent me to Jericho. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. Jericho means a pleasant place. A pleasant place. It's a place where people were happy. They were secure. Y'all remember the Jericho walls? Y'all remember that? Yeah, it's okay to talk. Y'all remember the Jericho walls? They walked around Jericho walls and the walls came crumbling down. Jericho was a pleasant place. You know why Jericho was such a pleasant place? Because it was a secure place. The walls were so massive and so thick that no one could uh, challenge them and enter into Jericho because it was fortified. You know, when you're safe and secure, you can be happy in things. Yeah. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Thank you for not leaving me hanging. But, But when you're safe and secure, it brings about joy. You know, when your finances is right, there's happiness. When, 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 when everybody's treating you nice and everything is so secure, you're happy. Hallelujah. So Jericho is a pleasurable place. It's a place of joy and happiness. Oh, there go that spirit again. Joy and pain. So he said, so they went to Jericho. And then the company of prophets at Jericho went to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your, your master from you today? And he said, Yes. He replied, So be quiet. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. The Jordan is a place of decision. Place of decision. Jordan is also a place of transition. It's the place of coming from lack now into abundance. Y'all quiet. It's a place of coming from slavery into liberty and freedom. The Jordan is a place of transition where now we see the children of Israel when they're coming out of Egypt. They're transitioning out of slavery, crossing over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, which is flowing with milk and honey and abundance. God is trying to tell us tonight is we're about to transition. Ooh, God, I feel your Holy Ghost. Ah, we about we're about to transition. We're about to go from what was to what is and what is to come. We're about to go from lack now to having more than enough. Going from not having enough to more than enough. We're going from now not having the presence of God to having abundance and an overflow, being consumed by His presence. Y'all not hear me tonight? But it's a place of decision because, watch, you have to make a choice. The blessings and the promises of God are yea and amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. But you got to choose to choose them. The presence of God is, God wants to endow you with his presence, but you got to choose to receive it. Amen. So the Jordan is a place of decision and transition. You can choose to be the same person that you've been for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life. Or you can choose to be who God has created you to be. The choice is yours. Hallelujah. Somebody shout out I Don't mind waiting. So he says, now the Lord has sent me to Jordan. He replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. And as the two of them walked, 50 men, something about 50, y'all, 50 men from the company of prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Somebody shout, 50. Of course, we know 50 is the number of Pentecost. So watch, these are prophets. Who were able to prophesy, but they had no power of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) They were trained in the school of prophecy. They were in class, but not yet had graduated. (laughs) Oh, God, we got some elementary prophets in the land now. Uh, We got some folk there in school, but they hadn't been in class. (laughs) You know how it was when you were in college. You enrolled in college, but you didn't go to class. You, you mastered in the union. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, club life was your major. Y'all quiet. And, and, and here it was. They were in school learning prophecy, but they had not been endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. They hadn't. Receive the infilling of the Spirit of God. See, Old Testament, the Spirit of God will come and rest down on people and then will lift up. See, that's why we are so blessed in this new dispensation of the covenant of God is that we don't have the Holy Spirit that comes and re, uh, uh, come and just visit us, but the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us. Hallelujah. God don't come like a weekend for holidays. No, God takes up residency. He abodes and lives on the inside of us. And these prophets, they were connecting with God, but they had not yet been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as they watched where they had stopped, Elisha took his cloak. He rolled it up and struck the water. Ooh, God, that's a word right there. Somebody here today need to strike the water. Ah, had a shot. You need to strike the water. And he struck the water, and the water, watch, divided to the right and to the left. And the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Remember, the Jordan represents what? A place of decision and transition. Now watch. Here it is. They made a decision to go to the other side. Along with that decision, they're deciding now to go from the old into the new. But the prophets sat back and they watched. Oh, y'all going to catch that. See, there's something God's about to do in your life where people are just going to spectate instead of participate. I said something right there. And and instead of them deciding to go over at this miraculous sight and this wonder, they stood back and watched them walk into their new season while they still stayed in their old season. Good God Almighty. Oh, God, there's going to be some people who can't go with you to where you're going. Uh, they're going to sit back and they're going to talk about what God is going to do and how God is going to do it, but they're not going to be there when God does it. Hallelujah. Y'all missed that. They're going to talk about what God is going to do and how God is going to do it, but they're not faithful enough to stay around to see God do it. Oh, God is going to take your mask up. Yes, I know, but where will you be when he does? Will you be committed? And submitted long enough to see it happen. Tell God. And the two of them walked over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do? Watch. See, there's something about a cleaving. (laughs) Elisha did not want to go. He said every time uh, Elijah tried to get him to leave, Elisha said, as long as you live, I ain't going nowhere. He heard from the Holy Ghost when the mantle hit his feet and he decided that I, I won't go back. Yeah, come on, Shandricka. Amen. So, y'all know the song. Amen. Let T say, don't sing it. John, you left me hanging, John, then. He said, I'm not going back. Because he heard something. When Elisha came and cast a mantle, he heard something in the spirit. He heard something that caused him to cleave to Elisha. He heard something that wouldn't let him go. And as much as Elisha tried to push him away, the more it drew him to him. God Almighty. The more he said, leave and go and stay, the more he cleaved. And He says, because of the cleaving, he says, tell me what you want me to do before I'm taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion. Let me inhabit, uh, inherit a double portion. Somebody shall give me a double portion. Hallelujah. This thing jumping all over the place. He says, Let me inherit a double portion. And Elisha replied, Of your spirit, double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. And he says, You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Now, watch. As I was reading this text, the Lord really revealed something else to me in the text, and I hope you catch it on this evening. One translation says that you have asked for a hard thing. And not not that I can't do it. It's going to be hard. But but not hard for me to do, but hard for you to operate in. God, y'all missed that. It's not hard for me to give you a double portion, but it's going to be hard for you to operate in this anointing. Uh, so this anointing is so heavy that if it falls upon your shoulders, can you handle the weight? Uh, it's a hard thing because if you do this to walk a mile in my shoes, you you may be able to walk in it, but your toes may be aching at the end of it. Uh, you, you're asking for a hard thing. It's not that it's difficult for God to bless you with a double portion. The question is, is can you handle it? It's not difficult for you to be doubly anointed of God. But the question is, is can your character and your integrity handle the double portion? Ah, uh, Because you may be anointed to cast out demons. You may be anointed to lay hand on the sick and they recover. You may be anointed to cause the sick and the lame to walk and talk. But can your character maintain the anointing? Good God Almighty. Uh, You may prophesy, but after the anointing lifted, your mouth will yet still again lie. Hey, God, I feel your Holy Ghost. Uh, so, So he said that the thing you're asking for is a hard thing. I mean, God can do anything but fail. Can we agree to that? Say amen. So it's not difficult for God to put a double portion on your life. But the question is, is once it falls on you, are oh, you ready for it? Uh, see, and Elisha understood this. He, Elisha understood this. He understood that Elisha had been with him. He had been training him and getting him ready to receive the double portion. But it kind of shocked him when he asked that question, give me a double portion. See, that's why I believe he takes Elisha on this last tour before he is taken away. He he goes and he visits, watch, some of the same cities he saw miracles happen. But at the time Elijah steps on the scene, these cities were flourishing. Oh, can I say something to the church? God's in the season of restoration. We cannot live on the former glory of days. God is doing a restoration of the new days. See, we, we're just holding on to what God did in the past. Oh, we, We're crying out for the old school revivals. Oh, can we have church like we used to have church? Oh, I can't wait till we have old church revival. Forget old church revival. God is doing a new revival. He's doing a new thing. Why are you trying to hold on to the old when God's trying to do something new? Hallelujah. And he took Elisha to all the towns of which he had seen glory in the time of his travel. He's going back down his itinerary. Every place that they had called him out to preach, he's going back. And as he's looking around, the places he had been is now going down. And he says. You have asked for a difficult thing. Yet, somebody shout yet. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Tell your neighbor, I don't mind waiting. Tell your neighbor, it's worth it. He says, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Jordan moment you can transition into the new or you can stay with the old you can cleave and not leave and stay with me and i if you stay then you will see and if you see you will receive hallelujah but if you don't <laughs> tell your neighbor if you don't somebody show you won't receive And as they were walking along, talking together, suddenly, I love an and suddenly moment, and suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up to heaven, watch, there it is again, in a whirlwind. Elisha saw, and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel, and Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Now, the tearing of the garment in the Old Testament was like sackcloth and ashes. It was a time of mourning and grieving. When, when something would happen so bad, they would rip their clothes as a sign of depravity that, that they were so remorseful or uh, they, they tore their clothes because of the great pain that they would be experiencing at the moment. But the Lord showed me something different. Somebody shout something different. He took hold of his garment and he tore it in two. Catch it now. He took hold of his garment and he tore it in two. Uh, Here's the key in the next verse. And Elisha then picked up Elisha's cloak that had fallen from him. And went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak. The cloak was an outer garment, a heavy garment. Now watch. He tore his clothes. Not because he was mourning the fact that Elisha was taken away and that he would see him no more. He tore his clothes to make a wardrobe change. <laughs> oh God. Y'all know. He tore his clothes and picked up a new set of clothes. He he took off the old and put on the new. He got got exactly what he asked for. He wanted a double portion. Now watch. He's now wearing the mantle or the cloak of Elijah. But he had to first take off his old stuff. Oh, God. That's what's wrong with the new school prophets. You want to hold on to the new, but there's a blessing in the old. Okay. It's a new school mindset that we don't need this anymore. We're just going to do that. We, 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 we don't need a school of prophets anymore where we can be instructed and where we have mentors who will lead us and teach us. No, I'm just going to do it on my own. The Spirit of God is going to teach me. Yes, he will, but the Spirit of God will rest. And a mentor to teach you what you need to know so you can go where God wants you to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I don't mind waiting. And Elisha picked up the cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank, watch, of Jordan. And he took the cloak that had fallen from Elisha and he struck the water. Now watch. He's doing exactly what he saw. He's now exercising in what he was instructed on. How did he know how to strike the water had he not been taught on how to strike the water? Hallelujah. How he was able to do what he could not see being done. Oh, God. He struck the water and he struck the water with it. He says, This, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left. And he crossed over. Now, watch the company of prophets from Jericho remember the pleasant place, the place of joy, the place of security. Who was watching? You know, there's always somebody watching. There's always somebody watching. They got people always on the sideline. They they call them in sports, they call them uh, uh, armchair quarterbacks. They'll sit on the sideline and tell you how to do the game and what plays you should have ran. And, you you know, they'll coach you from the sideline, but they never get in the game themselves. Never played. You know, there's people always watching you, telling you how to do and what to do and what you should do, but they won't get in and sacrifice right along with you. Hallelujah. Here it is, the company of prophets from Jericho who were watching yet again. They said, the spirit of Elisha is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. There's a process for the double portion. Somebody shout, there's a process. There's a process to the double portion. And in order for this, double pro- this portion uh, to happen in your life and to manifest, you've got to go through the process. Somebody shout, the process. The first thing for the process is you've got to learn to stay. Hallelujah. You've got to learn to stay. You've got to learn to Wait. Gotta stay. See, we gotta stop asking the next generation to do what we won't do. No, God. We, we, we got to stop asking this next generation to be faithful to the things of God, and we're not faithful to the things of God. We got to stop asking this next generation to stop murdering when we're murdering. Oh, we hadn't killed nobody, but you done open up your mouth, and you done murdered people's name with your words. You done stab people in the back, and you done cut people down and cut them low. You got to stop asking this next generation to do what you're not willing to do. We want to prophesy and preach, but we won't sit and commit. Good God Almighty. But we want them to be the next prophet generation, but we don't want to do what it takes. But I declare and decree a generation of sons and daughters coming back into the house. I declare and decree there will be a generation that will come forth and this generation will learn how to main and maintain and how to stay and how to be one who is committed to the things of God. They won't be wavering to and fro. They won't let the wind blow and they go wherever the wind blows them, but they'll be anchored in the things of God. They'll come into the house and they'll stay until it's time to go. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. This is the thing about the frequency. Is because with the frequency, there's thousands and thousands. Hear this, if you would. There's thousands and thousands of voices speaking right now as you speak, as we're here. There's thousands and thousands of voices happening in the atmosphere right now. How do I know you take a radio and you just tune the frequency to a certain channel and you'll pick up all kind of sounds? Hallelujah. You'll pick up all kind of sounds. There's a lot of voices happening right now. You turn on your radio, you're going to have R&B, hip-hop. You're going to have rock and roll, classic, and all of that. You just tune to the right frequency. Those sounds, watch this, are in the atmosphere right now. <laughs> but this generation, they don't want to listen to the sound of the kingdom of God. Oh, and I'm not just talking about the millennials. I'm talking about the old church as well. The old heads. We don't want to listen to the frequency of heaven. We're on our own dial. We're setting up our own towers. (laughs) We're building our own towers of Babel. Good God Almighty. Uh, I'm trying not to get in trouble tonight. We're building our own kingdoms. We're sending out our own signals. Trying to get people to commit to what we're doing instead of committing to what God is doing. Oh, God. And we got to stop asking generations to do what we're not going to do. We got to be committed. We got to learn to stay. Hallelujah. And watch and wait. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Oh, God, I heard your Holy Ghost. I'm tuned in now. I'm going to wait until I become weighty. God Almighty, I, I'm, I'm going to wait until the weight of God's glory falls down on me so heavy that I cannot move unless God lifts his glory off my life. That the weight would be so heavy that I will stay bowed over and bend knee. I will stay humble before the Lord because of the weight of his glory. I'm going to wait until I become weighty. Till I get up enough weight. That I can move something. he God. You know how it was on the football field, Pastor Adam? If you ain't got no weight, you ain't moving nothing. You remember that old football sledge you used to get behind? And if you had no weight, you wouldn't budge it an inch. A <laughs> little man with a small frame, he always wanted to be on the sled with the big guys because he knew that they were going to move it and he would just be on the... <laughs> y'all quiet. <laughs> He'll just go along for the ride. He'll get the credit. See, ah, thank you, Holy Ghost. There are a lot of people who just want to go along with the ride. They don't have the weight, but they're going to fake it. Because they didn't wait, they don't have the weight, so now they're faking it. The Lord said, The Lord ain't say Jack to you. I prophesy you're a prophet line because you didn't wait to hear from God. Yeah. But you're faking the phone. Because you're hanging out with a bunch of prophets you think you're a prophet. But you ain't got the weight. You wouldn't be committed long enough to get the weight. Tell your neighbor to get your weight up. You know the way, to, the way to get your weight up is to wait. and and wait some more the way to get your weight up is to stay and remain watch this so you can feast and dine at the table of the lord and you will gain some weight as you're sitting there eating and feasting on what god has you to feast on where he has you to feast and you'll gain enough weight that you become weighty hallelujah good god almighty I went to Chick-fil-A today, and the line was wrapped around the building three times. Three times. But people were waiting. I waited. And after I waited, I waited some more. And now I'm very weighty because I got me a 12-count, amen, with a chocolate chip cookie, amen. And, and now I got my weight up. Why? Because I waited. If you leave before the waiting, you leave hungry. Yeah. You leave hungry. You leave hungry. And you leave out without the necessities and what's necessary for the next assignment. He yeah, got. And and what you were supposed to get you did not get. So now you're out there and you're lacking, you're insufficient for the assignment that God has assigned you to. And you're wondering why it's not working is because you left and you did not wait. Hallelujah. Take your neighbor, get your weight up. Uh, The next thing is, is uh, you stay and then you see. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. But he said, I only do what I see, what my father does. Elijah said, you ask of a hard thing. However, if you see me, (laughs) if you see me when I get caught up in the Holy Ghost, the thing you ask, you can have. But you got to see. You got to see this. Now, remember, there was a lot of people watching, but they weren't seeing. There, there was a whole 50 group of prophets sitting on the sideline. They were watching what they were doing, but they were not seeing. Oh, God. Good God Almighty. That's why you got to be careful how you live your life, because people are always watching. And if you're living your life according to the will of God, then you will see God manifest, and they won't. What What am I saying in that? Is 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 that um, uh, God will do some great things, and as God is doing great things, they can't see it, but they'll be watching. Uh, but But they'll talk about what uh, you used to do, but they won't talk about what God is doing. That's because they're not seeing. Yeah. Can't. Can I bring it down a little bit more? So, so, so they're watching, but they don't see how God is transforming you. Uh, they, they watch him, but they don't see how God's delivering you and setting you free. They they watch him, but they don't see how God is blessing you and how God is stretching you and how God is maneuvering you and putting you in, in positions for greater glory. They they're watching, but they don't see it. So they're just gonna talk about who you used to be. Uh, they they just gonna talk about what you used to do, cause they watching, <laughs> but they can't see what God is doing. <laughs> oh yeah, wait a minute, uh, I I thought you was uh yeah I used to be. Right, amen. Oh you ain't nothing but the EXO, so yes I was, but look at me now. Yep, 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 yep. Hallelujah! Uh, tell your neighbor you gotta see. Uh, the third thing, and I'm done. I got one more. You got to separate. Got to separate. Now, now, this separation is just not separating from people. This separation is is that you don't become so familiar with the people that God brings in your life that you dishonor the anointing on their life. Oh, God. You, you, you got to separate Keith from Apostle. Y'all cry. Hey, God, I'm walking down a pathway now that y'all probably don't want to tread with me on. But you, But you got to learn how to separate. Because you allow a spirit of familiarity to come upon you so great and then God would anoint the person that he has placed in your life and you would dishonor and disvalue and disrespect that anointing and God has put that person in your life to break the yoke of bondage off your life to lift a heavy burden and you'll miss it. Because you didn't separate. you didn't separate. You just look at him, oh, that's just Tina. That's just Lady T. I grew up with them. We shot marbles. That's, that's, just, that's just April. I mean, you know, she's always been crazy. You know, I've been on her all my life. She's been crazy. She's just crazy right now. You got to learn to separate. Got to separate. You got to learn to separate who they once was for who they are now. That's why it's so tough when you're on a job and you start at the bottom and you get promoted to the top. People have a hard time following you because they knew you from where you came from. That's why Jesus could only perform a few miracles in his hometown because the only way they saw Jesus was this carpenter boy. (laughs) That's Joseph's son. Can I tell you something? Just a side note. Just to put in your pipe and smoke it later. We say Jesus was a carpenter. He never built nothing. He was the son of a carpenter. What table Jesus built? What house he built? <laughs> I'll let you think about that a little bit longer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Y'all thinking hard too, huh? I see some of y'all, y'all hear smoking like, you know what? You're right. He never did build nothing. (laughs) Amen. We can only assume. (laughs) But then historically and culturally, they called him rabbi. Rabbis didn't work. At the age of 12, remember, he was in the temple teaching. He was a teacher, not a carpenter. Hallelujah. He was a rabbi. He didn't build houses. He built people. Good God Almighty. <laughs> the only thing he built was not of wood. He built houses, not made with man hands. He, he built lives. <laughs> so if you want to call him a carpenter, <laughs> he didn't build houses. He built houses. For in my father's house are many mansions. <laughs> Y'all yeah, get that on the way home. But you got to separate. Take your neighbor separate. separate. And the last thing, she got to switch. Take your neighbor's time to switch. Elisha with an S. And the way you can always know who I'm talking about, Elisha with an S is the mentee, Elisha with a J is the mentor. Jacob's comes before us, Elijah, right? When he says, when the Bible talks about serving, he was not a bond slave or a servant as one who was in chains, that was purchased. This, This servant is serving as a student. So he was not a servant in the sense of hand and foot, let me serve you. He was a student of Elijah that served Elijah did y'all catch that you got to understand that because he wasn't a slave of Elijah that's why Elijah said, stay here you can go and do what you want you can make choices a slave don't have choices y'all quiet so he was a student that served oh god if we can get some students in the house of god that don't mind serving hallelujah everybody want to teach but nobody wants to serve Everybody wants to preach and prophesy, but nobody wants to clean the pews. Straighten the chairs. Hallelujah. I'm going to go the other direction. So you got to switch. What are you switching? You're switching the old for the new. He rent his clothes and he took off what he had and put on what his mentor had. There was a switch that took place. He, he switched his anointing for his mentor's anointing. Hallelujah. He took off the old and put on the new. And that's how we got to be in the church nowadays, especially in the house that God has rooted you in. You got to take off some old stuff. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. You got to take some old stuff off. Yeah, you were at that church 20 years, 30 years, but you got to take some stuff off. Y'all quiet up in here. Yeah, you served there and you you were faithful there, but you're here now. Take that old stuff off and put on some new stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, it was powerful in word over there, but God shifted you. So now you got to shift with the shift and you got to take on the new. Because if you try to hold on to the old and balance the new, you're going to run yourself crazy. Y'all quiet. Balancing out doctrines and theology and beliefs. you like, shall I believe this? Shall I believe that? Let that go and take hold to what God is doing now. Hallelujah. Tell you, neighbor you got to switch. It's got to be a switch of mindset. Because when you make this decision to cross over Jordan, you cannot come into the land of abundance with the slave poverty mentality. Tell your neighbor you got to switch. So when you make this decision to cross over, you got to leave the old stuff behind. Amen. Trying to bring old furniture into a new house. (laughs) Y'all quiet. And you know the thing about the old furniture is big and it's bulky. (laughs) And you move it into a new house, it's just not enough room for that old stuff. Amen. What am I telling you in that? Is that there's some even some old ideologies and theologies you got to let go. That was good for when you were on that side of the Jordan. That got you to the Jordan. But the Holy Ghost is coming to get you over the Jordan. And and if you try to hold on to that old stuff, then you get into the new stuff, then you cannot stay. You're going to desire and wish to go back to the other side. Y'all quiet. That's what God told the children of Israel. He said, listen, watch, go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. In the book of Exodus, when they were coming out, the Lord said there are giants in the land. So watch. He said, I got to take them another route. Because if they see the giants, they will grow faint in heart and want to go back to Egypt. He he said, God intentionally rerouted them because he knew what was in their hearts. he said, if they see them, they're going to get scared and they're going to run back. So he rerouted them. Some theologians believe it was a 12 to 13 day journey into the land of Canaan. It took them 40 years. You know why? Because they still had some old stuff in them that they didn't want to let go. They still had a slave mentality. They said, oh, we had it much better in Egypt. God, you brought us out here to die. The graves in Egypt were much better than the graves out here. We even had good food. We had leeks and onions. Really? Leeks and onions? (laughs) When I got you manna, bread from heaven, and quail, steak, and lobster coming down, and you want to go eat leeks and onions? That's an old mindset. God says, you got to let that go. Tell your neighbor, let that go. That's what happens in the waiting. The waiting is a process. And sometimes in the waiting process, you get frustrated. Anybody ever got frustrated before? You're sitting around waiting and you know, you know that you know that you can do it and do it better. But you got to wait. You can smell the fries. But you got to wait on the fries. Amen. And then when you finally get your food, the fries not in the bag, and you done drove off and got home. That's frustrating. Hello. That's very frustrating. Now watch. Sometimes your frustration can be an indication of your faithfulness. Sometimes your frustration can be an indication of your faithfulness that you will faithfully sit and commit and wait until God says time. But don't let your frustration get the best of you. Hallelujah. Tell you anybody don't mind waiting. See, when you're tuned in to the frequency of the Holy Spirit, there's a process you go through. And in that process, you'll learn to separate. You'll see some things, and you'll switch into this new season that God brings you to, and the Holy Ghost will fill you to an overflow. But you got to wait. Tell your neighbor you got to wait. I'm going to give you one more, and I'm done. John chapter 20, verse number 20, the Word of the Lord declares to us, after he said this, watch, he showed them his hands and his side. They got to see something. Tell your neighbor, if you stay, you're going to get to see. You ain't said to your neighbor, right? Say, if you stay, you'll get to see. See, they stayed so they saw. Y'all remember the old Dalton Thomas, they call him. He didn't stay so he didn't get to see. He caught it second hand. He went on the first go. Tell your neighbor again, if you stay, you'll get to see. And he said this, he showed them his hands, his side, and the disciples, watch, were overjoyed at what they saw. (laughs) And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father sent me, stay and see. And if you stay and see long enough, I'm sending you. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. You're going to go with peace and not confusion. You're going to go with peace. And watch this. Because you go with peace, you'll be at peace. Because now you're going with peace, you'll be at peace. Watch. You'll be at peace with God and man. So now when you go, you go with the peace. Now we got peace between us. So when I see you, there's peace and not confusion. Hallelujah. And he says, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. He was changing the dial. So I'm bringing it to a close. I'm about to land this plane. He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. He says, if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Hear this. Jesus didn't die to heal you. He dies to fill you. Jesus wants you filled. He took stripes so you'll be healed, but He died so you could be filled. Oh, y'all, y'all a little slow with me tonight. He took stripes for your healing, but He died on the cross for your filling. So that you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. But you got to wait because he tells them at this point, he breathes on them. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until you get filled. Tell your neighbor I don't mind waiting. Tell your neighbor I don't mind waiting. This is what happened in the waiting. Acts chapter number 2 and says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were together in one place. When, somebody shout when. When the day of Pentecost came. In other words, there was a waiting period. And they had to wait when, when the day of Pentecost would come. The Bible says suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent, watch again, Wind. See, I see two winds in this text. When they waited, and when they waited, when they waited, the wind blew. They waited when the day had fully come of Pentecost, and because they waited, the wind blew. Yeah. Two winds. Yeah. Yo. Tell your neighbor two wins. Tell your neighbor I got my second win back. Ah, <laughs> uh, it takes two wins. And if you'll wait for the first win, when the Pentecost comes, you'll get the second win. And the Pentecost will fill you. The Holy Ghost will fill you. But you got to wait the first win to get the second win. And when the day of Pentecost came, the wind blew. Because they waited. Elisha waited. And because he waited, a whirlwind came, and he received a double portion. Why? Because he waited. Bow your heads with me. We got to learn to wait on the Lord. God wants to feel you today, but you got to learn to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know how your strength is renewed? It's when you're filled. The reason why we go, grow weak and weary is because we're empty. The reason why we're lethargic and drained is because we're depleted and empty. Oh, but when we're filled. <laughs> uh, when, when, when we're filled, we have strength. Strength to go, strength to do, strength to move, strength to make things happen when we're filled. They that wait upon the Lord. Their strength shall be renewed. You'll be filled to an overflow. Strength to do what God has called you to do. But you got to wait to get your weight up. Father, now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare as we wait upon you, that the weight of your glory will fall and rest down upon our shoulders, that we'll be anchored in you, O God, that we won't look to the left nor to the right, we'll keep our hands fixed upon the plow, we'll keep our eyes fixed and focused on you, God. God, we'll see you, and as we see God, then we'll be God. Oh, God, as we see God, we will be. God, we thank you today for the shifting that's taken place. And we wait on your way of the glory to fall upon us now. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your head still bowed if you're here today. And you have grown weary in the waiting. Eeh. You have grown weary in the waiting. The Bible says that. That if you grow weary, don't faint for in due season. You shall reap. That you're going to grow weary, but faint not. For in due season, you shall reap. Tonight is due season because you've been waiting and waiting with anticipation of a outpouring of God's blessings. Today is due season. If that's you, you have grown weary in the waiting. Just slip your hand in the air today. I see you. I see you. I believe there's others today. I see you. I see you. Have grown weary in the waiting, waiting for God's next move, waiting for God's next wind to blow in your life. If that's you. Slip your hand. I see you, sir. I see you. I see you, ma'am. I see you, sir. Any others today? Those online today, tonight, if you've grown weary in the waiting, it's your due season. Just hashtag in the box, due season. Hashtag due season. Can we all stand to our feet on tonight? If you're here and you have grown so weary that you have given up the fight, You have stepped outside of the things of God, backslidden, but today you want to make a decision to get it right or maybe even accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in the pardon of your sins. If that's you tonight, I'm speaking to you. I want you to lift your hand in the air, backslidden or accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight. If that's you, thank you, Father. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For those of you who lifted your hands, who are weary in the waiting, I want everybody to lift their hands now. I'm going to pray. Father, now for every hand that had lifted, that have grown weary, God, we thank you that you're revitalizing, filling their hearts and their souls yet again. We thank you, O God, that the Holy Spirit, God, is filling them to an overflow, that their hearts, O God, without measure, God, is being filled with your power of your Holy Ghost now, even as I'm praying. Father, I thank you that every spirit of doubt and lack is being removed from their minds now in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare now, Father, that the power of the Holy Ghost is breaking every yoke and lifting every heavy burden off of their lives. Now, I thank you that every shut door, Lord God, by the enemy, Father, is now kicked open now by the power of the Holy Ghost, God. I thank you, O God, as they cross across the Jordan River, God, they're entering in, Lord God, into a place of abundance filled, Lord God, to an overflow. Father, they're leaving old things behind, Father, and walking into the newness. In you, Father. Father, I thank you now for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you for this great shifting taking place now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I declare, God, it is due season for them now in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it and receive it on tonight, will you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you online tonight, if you're standing in need of prayer, just Call us at 225-503-0706. Our intercessors are waiting to hear from you and to pray with you and celebrate with you if you have given your life over to Christ. Or you can simply uh, send us an email at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. Again, that number is 225-503-0706 if you're standing in need of prayer. And for those of you who don't have a church home, amen, I believe the Lord is uh, calling you out today to commit and to connect with Elevate Church. If you're here in the sanctuary and you don't have a church home, the Lord is reaching out to you today, amen, tugging on your heart to make a decision. If that's you, lift your hand. Amen. For those of you online, you can text the word JOIN to 225-361-2016. Just text the word JOIN to that number. If you're making a decision, amen, to be a part of what God is doing here at Elevate Church. Amen. Can we get excited again about the word of God today that has been preached to you?